0: Hell, my name is Chancellor. My name ain't. <laughs> my name ain't even regular. So I know I ain't going ain't nothing about me gonna be regular. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Uh, I knew I was gonna be somebody for sure. Always, I always felt it in my spirit. Um, and I always felt like a chosen one amongst you know what I'm saying my community and you know what I'm saying, my tribe. So um, it's just an innate feeling that I knew I was gonna be something.
1: This sure. is unconditioning, discovering the voice within. With Whitney and Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the 62nd episode of Unconditioning Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week, I have with me Chancellor Jackson, Chancellor was born in Fulton County, Georgia, to Native American parents, and he attended Stetson University, where he played football at a collegiate level. After graduating with a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies, Chancellor lived abroad in China from 2018 to 2019. Chancellor fell into writing after his traumatic experience of being arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. His first book, 14 Days in Beijing, has ranked number one over 15 times on Amazon in multiple genres. Chancellor also has released a romance saga about a man's first step towards gaining emotional intelligence titled You Love and You Learn and Real Love Never Dies, both available on Amazon. Chancellor was fascinating to talk to. So here is Chancellor Jackson. I think we have... A lot to dig into.
0: It's a journey for sure.
1: (laughs) Sharing those experiences now with the world with uh, a best selling book behind you and sharing your story. In order for you to be able to do that, you had to go through a lot of things to get to where you are. And so, one of the first things I'd like to ask is when is the first time that you realized that you had this inner voice and guidance of your own? And and when you began to realize that you could follow that voice?
0: Um I've always been a natural born leader. Um, so I've always been a voice of reasoning for not only myself but my peers. So of course when we outside playing, especially like we was kids, we outside playing way away from my parents. So
1: you got a bunch <laughs> of
0: you know what I'm saying, preteens out running around in the streets, getting into any in, and in everything. Um And of course, bad decisions were made. um, but I was always I will at least make you think (laughs) before you make (laughs) a decision. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna speak up and say something and give you option, give you alternative. Like, all right, bro, we can do this, but just know X, Y, and Z can happen just from you know what I'm saying, us making this one uh, simple decision. So um, if you still comfortable with the consequences <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> then by all means, I can't control, I can't control that. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna do what you wanna do at the end of the day. All I can try to do is give you words of wisdom. Um, right. So I always been, I always had that voice. And going to say it really kicked in full throttle um, around fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting okay. too, because I was watching a show on uh, Nickelodeon and this show's called Nez Declassified School Survivor Guide. And pretty much it was a whole show geared towards, you know what I'm saying, giving kids a blueprint or tips on how to survive school, how to go about, um, you know what I'm saying, just handling school. And it's yeah. really just an organizational stand, uh, standpoint. Um, so watching the sum, watching the show over the summer, and then I was like, okay, bet. School come back around. i want to try to apply everything that, you know what I'm saying, this show is talking about. And... It was a complete 180, you know what I'm saying? I was pretty much a, I was, I was a busybody all the way, kindergarten through third grade. Um, I was always intelligent though, you know what I'm saying? And I guess with me being so smart, um, I was bored. So of course I'm just acting up, but um, fourth grade, after watching that show, I wanted to do, uh, do better and try to be better because that's what the show just um, preached, just how to be better in school, how to be a better student, you know what I'm saying? All of that. So. Um it was a complete 180. I'm making great great uh good grades, good behavior, perfect attendance, and then fifth grade it trans trans uh it rolled over and was fifth grade class president and then it was just momentum, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From from fourth grade moving on, it was just a whole different type of time. And then once I played started playing football, oh, yeah, it was yeah. even more fine tuning and sharpening in, you know what I'm saying? Because that's a whole other aspect of discipline and right leadership and work ethic and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying
1: absolutely right. yeah yeah was your how was your upbringing as far as supporting you to follow like this like drive and leadership within yourself
0: um I was just me my mama and my brother you know what I'm saying primarily um I and my brother 17 months apart he's younger than me um so pretty much we was all we had growing up um and Really, it's just us taking the step forward to wanting to do right, and it was really me taking that step forward right. to do right because LeBron followed, he followed suit, you know what I'm saying, right uh, right after me. So, um, yeah, it was really just it was me, <laughs> it was the shift. It's a simple choice, that's all it is. It's all it is it's a choice. People think that <laughs> it, all this is this esoteric godlike ability that only, it, no. I made a choice. <laughs> That's all it was. And <laughs> from that decision, good things happen. You stack good on good, good comes back to you. You can't do do wrong and expect good things to happen. No, it don't work like that. Um, so just just- uh,
1: Yeah, an energetic hey, exchange of what you put in and what you get out of it, right?
0: I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was just natural.
1: Yeah, so so you, you uh, explored football for a while it seems yeah. um and and so there is like a discipline and leadership in that sport too mm-hmm. i feel like there also must be some kind of like intuition that you must tap into to be able to be good at that sport
0: um it really just yeah yeah but that comes with development that comes with development you know what i'm saying right. um most people that have been playing football were playing football since they was four or five years old. Yeah, bro, you know a lot about the game. Yeah, you know how to play the game, bro. You've been playing it for so long and at a very young age. Me, on the other hand, I didn't start playing to eighth grade. So I lacked a lot of developments um, physically and mentally, you know what I'm saying, when it came to the sport. So it took me about a year just to catch up to speed. And after that year, you know, so now I'm a freshman in high school. Now you know what I'm saying. I got a little bit more developed physically. You know, definitely learned my position um, a whole lot more. So now I'm just flying. Now I'm flying around. I ain't really doing too much thinking. Now it's all instinct, like you said. And just a thousand reps. You do something a thousand times, you gonna know, you be able to do that shit with your blindfolded. You know what I'm saying? So um, just repetition, repetition, and just working my way up the the ranks. You know what I'm saying? Freshman on the freshman team, sophomore on JV. I had to play JV again my junior year, halfway through my junior year before they finally moved me up to varsity. Um, And then I was able to start on varsity uh, my senior year. Um, But with that being me starting so late, uh, at least getting playing time on varsity, I really have no film like that, no interest from colleges, scouts. Nobody knew, knew who I was, you know what I mean? But playing football, college football was, one of the biggest goals, was the only goal I really had. Um, so I knew I was going to have to get it at the mud. You know what I'm saying? The high school I played for, we weren't good. <laughs> we ain't been good. Since- <laughs> yeah, I'm dead I'm at We ain't been good since 2008. Um, so hey, I'm talking about, I haven't had a winning record since 2008. I ain't even went 500 since 2008. So, yeah, it, ain't nobody coming to come scout from our school. And it ain't like our coaches is putting forth the effort to put us out there either. So, um, just me being resilient, you know what I mean, and determined, I found, I was marketing myself to a bunch of schools until I finally found a home, and it was Stetson, and um, I was pretty much like a walk-on, I pretty much got, I got myself in the door, though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I ain't really, I ain't found out I was going to Stetson till down there in March, April of my senior year, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I was, I'm still happy as hell, because like, hey, bro, you wanted to play, D1 football, and you actually get an opportunity to do it. Um, so, congratulations to you on that, bro. You you made that happen, bro. Can't okay, nobody take that away from you. Hey, that's something to truly be proud of. Now, the grind is just beginning. Why? <laughs> because <laughs> this is – now, this college football. This is business. D1 at that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's business. So, and you pretty much walk on, so ain't nobody really looking for you. You got to make a name for yourself. So, the grind is just starting. Um, so, Just had to going in fall camp my freshman year, falling, um, earned the starting spot on our nickel package on defense. First game of the season, my first time stepping on the field as a college football player. I forced I made the tackle, forced the fumble and recovered it all in the same play. (laughs) Tremendous, outstanding play for a freshman's first time stepping on the field. And I ain't never I ain't touched the field the rest of that season.
1: Wow.
0: And t- you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I was hurt. None of that. You know what I'm saying? You would, you would think, oh, yeah, he going to play. You know what I'm saying? He going to definitely get a lot of burn this year. Nah, I ain't, I ain't touch the field the rest of that year. it um, really, I ain't really getting to touch the field, like, at my position until my senior year. It was just like high school all over again. Um, so, with football being my first love and first passion, um, I was truly tested to see how bad I wanted to pursue college football. And shit." I definitely had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations, face a lot of adversity, but adversity introduces a man to himself. Right. Um, and everything we go through is preparation for what's to store. So I knew the league wasn't going, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't an option. I knew that like sophomore year, I'm like, yeah, the league is just dead. I'd have had to deal with too much, too many politics with just high school and college I can't even imagine at the professional level when it's strictly, strictly business and it's all about dollar signs. Nah, <laughs> I'm straight on. I've saved myself that mm-hmm. headache. Um, so but I knew whatever was going to be, whoever I was going to end up being was it was going to be a grind to get there. You know what I'm saying? Get to that victory lap. But um I would I'm I'm gonna be big. I'm gonna be something major. I already knew I was gonna be somebody um yeah football came to the end you know what I'm saying last game of the season it's it I got to hang the cleats up now all right we knew this we knew this was coming now it's like all right damn bro what's next
1: right
0: who are yeah. you know what I'm saying that yeah. whole just now I gotta re-identify myself okay. all over again yeah. that's yeah. a whole journey within itself too mm-hmm. so
1: so it seems like that one decision when you were in fourth grade to like add a different perspective and discipline to your life really kind of like change the trajectory of things for you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and when you said that you knew that you were going to become something what was it that was telling you that can you like identify like what that drive within you is
0: um just me I'm a Sagittarius so I have number high expectations for myself I have very confident. Um, hell my name is Chancellor. My name ain't <laughs> my name ain't even regular. So I know I ain't going nothing about me gonna be regular. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, um, I knew I was gonna be somebody for sure. Always I always felt it in my spirit. Um and I always felt like a chosen one amongst you know what I'm saying, my community and you know what I'm saying, my tribe. So um it's just an innate feeling that I knew I was gonna be something for sure without yeah. a doubt. I just asked, I, I, what? Well, I, when I was, before football was, I started playing football, I wanted it to be the uh, first president, first black president of the United States of America, and then Obama came and fucked all that up, so I was like, well, <laughs> 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 scratch that off, you know what I'm saying? I, you know I want to do something that, I want to do something that's extravagant, I want to do something that pretty much everybody ain't doing, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, yeah. he's in this whole, whole entire lane, and that's hard like he's you know what I'm saying that he he making a name for himself with how niche his field is his field is right. his field of expertise is. um so i feel like man president of the united states man he don't get no more lit than that that's hard right there i'm <laughs> uh, uh, like then well, how can i yeah. how can i still achieve that same status you know what i'm saying well playing football that's a man football players are praised more than the president for real for real so Man, yeah, that was it. And then once I figured, I learned that, well, realized that NFL wasn't going to be the case. All right. <laughs> Damn, yeah. what we going to do? What yeah. we going to do?
1: Redirect, uh, pivot. So what happens? What happened when you decided that football was not going to be the name for yourself journey?
0: Yeah, um, I just started applying for jobs. I know I had to start somewhere because I'm like, bro, what's next for you, bro? What do you want to do? What do you even like to do? <laughs> what are you good at doing? What's your purpose? Who slash what do you aspire to be? I can't answer any of these questions. So with that being said, I'm like, well, bro, you got to start somewhere. And since you don't have you don't have a clue what it is that you want to do, you got to try a bunch of different shit until you figure it out. So I just started applying for jobs. Anything I felt like I could do, I applied for it. It ain't matter because the only experience I got is playing football. So I already know I ain't got no experience. It don't matter what position, I ain't got no experience, but I got a lot of great skill sets. Uh, you show me the ropes, I'll take it and run with it. So um I'm mainly applying for corporate positions, sales, marketing, management, that whole nine. And my degree is in communication and media studies. Um so I'm applying for jobs, I'm landing interviews, I'm talking about getting flown out. Put up the hotel, getting cars rented out to me the whole night, but could not seem to land a damn position whatsoever. And I did this process for about eight months, wow. um, but it's it was it's similar to um, to to football. Right. Want to play do, play D one? Want to play at the next level? Yeah, you know, ain't nobody trying to don't nobody know who I am, so I got to put myself out there until I find a place. Well, fast forward <laughs> four years, I'm back in the same boat. Well. I ain't got no experience. People don't really know who I am. I got to put myself out there. Um, so it's, it's eight months um, of applying. I'm talking about I done graduated. I'm back home in Atlanta, like, damn, bro. I ain't do anything the quote unquote textbook way. And I still got the short end of the stick, like, bro, what's going on? Like, nah, bro, it can't be going out like this. Nah. But I knew that everybody that told me yes was for a reason. And that there's something better else in store for you. So continue to. Keep searching, cause if you quit, you'll never be shit. So that's not an option. Um, so you gotta let's switch up your job search. How about that? Clearly, corporate ain't for you, bro. You've been trying this for months and ain't nothing shook. So let's t- take a different approach. Um, and broaden I broadened my search instead of just looking in the U.S. I looked outside the globe, and that's when I came across the opportunity to teach English to children in China. Mm-hmm. Um. So, looking at it like any other job, looking at the job description. Oh yeah, I feel like I can do this. This is hard. It sounds lit too. The requirements was basic: uh, bachelor's degree, no matter what your degree is in. Clean background, native English speaker. All you gotta do is submit a resume. Child, please. That ain't number two clicks of a button. Boom <laughs> <One more, laughs> I get what I'm saying. I go on about the rest of my job search. Hear right. back from the recruiter a yeah. few days later. We set up the interview. Do the interview. It's first company to move. Say they want to move forward with me as a candidate. It just happened to be on the other side of the world. So that's how I ended up out there. And um, China was absolutely the best experience by far. I always encourage people to travel abroad yeah. for sure. But if you can live abroad someplace else, especially a place you've always been fond of. Um, China was a, a, a place of interest of mine, ironically. Um, and I uh, I mentioned that in the introduction of my book and I flash back to a table conversation I'm having with my mom and my brother at breakfast. One Saturday morning, we was kids. My mama asked my brother and I, she said, what's three places in the world y'all wanna go? And I make sure that we go. China, why China? She me great, why China? That's where everything's made. That's the only logical reason I have. That's where made. You look at the back of any product and say, where? Made in China. I wanna go to the land where everything is made. Um, but little that I know, to any of us know, that little simple table conversation <laughs> would manifest and be a catalyst of change. Uh just for me and you know what I'm saying for all of us, really. You know what I'm saying? We me and my mama both got to go out there. She got to visit me twice while I was out there. Um, so it was uh China's absolutely a vibe. So I encourage everybody to live abroad in China. You live abroad someplace you've always been fond of.
1: Right. Okay. You, know yeah. you, you ain't gotta be there
0: long. I was in China for six months and I got a full experience. So You know what I mean? You ain't got to be there alone. But yeah, China was lit. I enjoyed my time. And then on April 4, 2019, things hit the fan and I was arrested um, in my apartment uh, for possession of cannabis. And served 14 days in the Beijing Penitentiary where I was locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 15 men to one cell, nine wooden beds, three suits a day. And literally all I had was one Tupperware bowl and one plastic spoon. Nobody knew I was arrested or detained or uh, locked up. Nothing was explained to me as far as how the process works, what's next to come, how the jail even operates. I'm in this cell with 14 other Chinese men, none of which I can speak to. Uh it's not looking too good. <laughs> but at the end of the day, hey, accountability. You know what I'm saying? I had to hold myself accountable. So um once I was release and that was just when they just finally called my damn name. You know what I'm saying? As, as you read yeah. the book, you don't know what's going on. You waking up hoping to hear some information, going to bed disappointed. So one day they say, hey, come on. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? So once my name finally just called, you know what I'm saying? I'm released, deported from the country. And now I'm back in America and I'm back to square one all over again, life with football ended. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hadn't lost everything back against the wall. All right, what we gonna do? You know what I mean? And it was from there on um only difference between coming back from China and football ending was me having experience. That's the only difference. I'm like, well, before you had no experience. Now you got experience working on the other side of the world. Hey, boy, that's gonna open up doors. So you know what I'm saying? Keep your foot on that gas. So I'm still in education. I fell into coaching football. Um, it's just, hey, what are you trying to coach? I ain't got nothing to do, bro. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to lose. With. I ain't opposed to it. what's up. We can do it. I'm finna go now. I'm finna go into year five of me coaching uh, high school football. Um, damn, bro. You should write a book about your experience getting locked up in China. That's a good ass idea. I don't even know where to start, but that's a great idea. <laughs> Man, almost 10 months later, number one new bestseller in three different genres. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn, bro. you know what I'm you should uh really uh, everything I got going on now is just from people posing an idea and me being open to try and finding success <laughs> for real for real, so um it's been a journey, you mean know, it's yeah. been a journey, but it took all of that it took all of that to be where I am now,
1: yeah, I imagine you learned quite a bit um being in a jail in China for fourteen days
0: uh, it was really just. I learned everything I needed to learn about myself Yeah, that I didn't know before. That's what that was. That was that. that was what that was for, to find myself.
1: Right. And then taking that and applying it to writing your book, in which I I'm, imagine you found out more about yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me. What? Because I'm like, I went through this crazy experience for a reason. I ain't the type to just go through something like that and we just going to let it. I'm gonna let it die. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm gonna do something with it. I just ain't had I had no clue what I want to do with the story, but I knew it was a great story just for me telling it verbally to people and seeing their body language shifting. I'm talking about okay, yeah. I got me, I got something for sure.
1: <laughs> I got something.
0: <laughs> even, even when I was editing it, if I had people over, I'd be like, Hey bro, I on my laptop. Hey, read a couple pages of this, let me know what you think. I ain't even telling what it is. I said, you read a couple pages. 15, 20 minutes and pass. I said I ain't got my laptop back. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a page <pain laughs> You know what I'm saying? These folks yeah. dialed in. So I knew it was gonna go crazy. Um, it went slap crazy. <laughs> um, it went slap crazy.
1: So so what was your experience with writing before you decided to write a book?
0: Shit yeah, I really had no experience for real, for real. I ain't really I feel like I ain't learned how to write for real until college. In grade school, we had to do essays here and there, of course, for like the end of the course test. But aside from that, it wasn't like we was writing essays and papers throughout the school year. <laughs> Child, please. So when I got to college, it was a rude awakening. I'm like, well, we gotta write papers. I gotta write paper for almost every class. Oh Lord, I'm on four or <laughs> five pages each. Oh man, y'all tripping, bro. But um, you know what I'm saying? It was definitely I just I learned how to write in college. Um, but it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing. I'm like, I gotta, I have to do this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to pass. Um, so it wasn't like it was fun and games. Um, but when it came to writing a book, it was a whole completely different story. You know what I mean? It's like there's not no curriculum assignment. You know what I'm saying? That's why I be trying to. That's why I be preaching to my clients and stuff now that I coach that, um, through the writing and publishing process. But don't think about this as a school assignment. I'm not your professor. This is not due at Midnight tonight, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't think about it like that. You start thinking about it like that, it's discouraging, it's going to turn you off from, from writing in general. Man, this is as, be as creative as you want it to be. This is truly as expressive as you want it to be. Man, put all of you onto, onto this paper. I write it like you sending a long-ass text message to your friend.
1: Yeah.
0: You write it just like that, at first. We can go back and fix it and p- polish it all up afterwards. But, but right now, but just get it on paper. Write it like you said in the long text. don't worry about it. no punctuation, no grammar, <laughs> none of that, no indents, none of that, bro. Just get it on paper. Um so found out I was a, I had a natural talent for telling stories, um, especially writing stories. Um but it ain't like I created all of this. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling y'all something that happened verbatim. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we all have stories to share. We all have been through crazy experiences and have uh wisdom that we can pass down to somebody else that maybe going through something similar or uh, the same exact thing, or they probably won't never encounter anything like that, but it's still something that they can take away from the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, so,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. Our, our world and society is dependent on stories to understand and make sense of our experiences.
0: Oh me. On me. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just a journey, though. You know what I'm saying? And now I just coach people to do the same process that I went through. I ain't gonna see him portray this ultimate poise like I've been had it figured out. I had a the most excellent blueprint. Hell no, nah. I was <laughs> I, know I was going learning, learning as I was going. You know what I'm saying? Learning as I was going, and um, I with through my trial and error. I was able to come up with a solid blueprint, and um, now I just coach that blueprint to others. And I had a client who dropped went through my pro uh, my service and dropped his book on October 16th of this year. And it was right the number one new bestseller, two different jobs.
1: Wow. On me. All right. You're, you're doing something.
0: No, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So so when you're writing, because you seem to have been able to like get your process down in a mm-hmm. way that is easily able to be shared with others. Mm-hmm. So what, what what advice would you give someone who would like to write a book to share their story?
0: Um, if it is a fictional s- story, it's going to be a whole lot more challenging trying to get that thing on paper because you've you got to develop everything from the setting, <laughs> the story, the characters, you have to develop everything, you know what I'm saying? Create it all. So that's going to be far more challenging. Now, if yours is nonfiction, it's going to be a breeze. <laughs> Are you telling the story? <laughs> telling a story, a, a true story. What happened from start to finish? As if you would have t- sit here and tell me a traumatic story right now verbally in your natural tongue, how you would naturally say it. Do it just like that, but put it on paper in your natural tongue. Type it yeah. in your natural tongue. Yeah. Just like that, from start to finish. <laughs> Don't worry about no punctuation. Don't worry about, it. I'm talking about, if I could show y'all the original form of 14 days, I'm talking about, Pages and pages pages of one long paragraph. One long, solid paragraph. I ain't worried man. man. Just get it on paper. Like, just get it on paper. Worry about all that afterwards. You know what I'm saying? That's the biggest advice I can give. There ain't no school assignment. <laughs> 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 no school assignment, I'm telling
1: you. Yeah. How long did it take you to write your book about the 14
0: days? Um, yeah, 14 days, it only took me four months to write that story and that was and that was with me uh bullshitting you know what i'm saying playing i wasn't even really locked in um like that for real for real but my romance saga i wrote that about two and a half weeks so um but now i was on experience with writing a book and you know what i'm saying now just locking in oh yeah it was whole two different <laughs> two different types of times you know what i'm saying entirely um but <laughs>
1: So so yeah. you just you just told me that writing a fiction book would be challenging, more, mm. more so than your nonfiction one. And mm. you also just told me that it was a breeze for you. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really all,
0: all my stories are non-fiction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might you can write it, write the story. If it's a true story that you already been through, write it, verbatim how it happened. As you going back and doing all that editing, you can change all of that. You can change the setting. The character's name, you could change all of that after it's already on paper. And that's going to be a whole lot easier versus you trying to create it all but still ain't trying to get the story on paper. You're going to slow yourself up and you're going to discourage yourself doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could start off nonfiction, then turn to fiction easily. That's what I did with all mine for the most part, but they're still based on true stories.
1: Okay, yeah. So you, yeah. you use your your authentic experiences mm-hmm. to be able to translate into other worlds.
0: Oh, me. I don't know. You can get as creative as you want to.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's fun and it's all funny games then because the hard part's over. The story's written. Now it's just like, okay, I want this person to do, I want this character to be like this here. Yeah, I want, you know what I'm saying, this setting to take place, we're going to call this place whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bumfuck whatever. And I want this chapter to, I want, okay, I want this section to be a chapter. I want this section to be a chapter. and I want to call this chapter this. And I want to call this chapter that. And you know what I'm saying now I want to call the, i want to title of the book this and I want to cover the now it's all creative now you're just a visionary now that's when it gets fun. that's when it gets fun <laughs> so, yeah you know, I'm getting closer and closer to this thing being a physical representation in my hand, and yeah it's lit. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so what is what is next for you?
0: Um, continue to grow Cole Publications LLC. That's my publishing company, which all my books are published through and my services ran through. Um, so continue to grow that into it's a household name. Uh, as far as uh, you know what I'm saying, a publishing company, and um, continue to help other people. You know, what I'm saying, put their stories out there. You know, what I'm saying, and. Of course they're gonna publish through callet publication, but you're gonna own all your royalties, all your rights, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna get everything that's rightly rightfully yours. You know what I'm saying? We just helping you get it out there. You know what I'm saying? That's the luxury of callet publication. We're it back the core of writing, you know what I'm saying, which is truly self-expression and um and so just getting back to that type of time, I feel like writing people don't write at all nowadays. Um of course they Text, and type, yeah, text a lot, but like, you know what I'm saying, tweet, you know what I'm saying, but far as actually writing, journaling and all that, now nah, people don't really do that no more. So, um, It's because we just done got away from it, so we just got so far away from it, and like I said, people always equate writing and reading to something cu- curricular, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, just yeah. bring back that core, just bring back the core of writing. Man. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's almost a lost art in some ways. Oh, um, me? Yeah, so do you journal? Is that something that you do?
0: Yeah, um, not really. I don't journal, I don't read books. Um, I just found the talent at writing them, <laughs> and I'm good at it. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm just helping other people write their stories. So, and well, I do read books because I'm reading other people's books. So, in that aspect, yeah, I stay reading or working on something, um, editing something. Um, so, I still get to work on my craft. Overlooking uh other people's um works and projects, and then of course I'm uh working in schools too, so working with kids in English and writing, so I still go hand in hand with them too. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah, absolutely. So if if someone would like to work with you and write their story and like have you coach them through the process, since you've been successful in this yourself, um, what 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 does that look like?
0: So um yeah, man, you just tap in with me. You can reach out to me on any of my social media platforms or my website, ChancellorKJackson.com. If you go through my website, you can uh set up a free consultation for 30 minutes. So that way we can get a feel for one another, you know what I'm saying? Talk about your ideas, your concepts um to that degree. And uh we feel like we're a good fit for each other. There's something you want to move forward with, then all right, boom, we can Start working on uh just a blueprint. I had a uh pretty much a uh a release schedule for you. And from yeah, there now we're just gonna follow the blueprint. And it's really just gonna be the how fast we get the book written is gonna be up to you. Cause uh, <laughs> I, you know I'm saying? when I lock in, I lock in. I, two and a, four months, two and a half weeks. That's fast to write a whole story. So when I lock in, I lock in. So it's really up to you how fast we get it done. I I got folks. I've been working with longer than the individual who just dropped his book in October. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's, everyone. He's the, hey, you drag your feet, hey, hey, it's up to you. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> For real. Different
1: timing, different paces. Okay, mm-hmm. and and if people would like to read your book that you wrote or books, yeah. um, where can we lead them to?
0: Oh, Yeah, yeah. So you can find my books on my website, ChancellorKJackson.com. You can also find them available on Amazon. Um, the title of the books are 14 Days in Beijing, You Love and You Learn, and Real Love Never Dies. And, um, pretty much the romance saga is a man's first step towards gaining emotional intelligence. Um, but uh, it's all one long story, it's all a trilogy. And and in the perfect world, you love, you learn the first romance book is the prequel to the whole story, and then you have 14 Days in Beijing, and then you have Real Love Never Dies, which ties it all together Um, because it touches on so you, you love, you learn is pretty much year one of my relationship and then you got 14 days of course which is just about my 14 days getting locked up um but real love never dies touches on uh of course as year two of our relationship me graduating touches on that uh me being in China what I was on prior to getting locked up and then of course what happened after those infamous 14 days you know what I'm saying so it brings everything uh, full circle so you can find them on amazon uh my website and I also have the audio book for 14 days available on soundcloud youtube spotify apple Podcasts, and anchor and i'm narrating it so right. I survive. I survive, yeah.
1: yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah excellent okay i'll add all of those links into the show notes so that people can click on them very easily without any problem so is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up
0: yeah i want to leave y'all all with a message um and the message is by it was from Nipsey Hussle. Those that don't know who Nipsey yeah. Hussle was, um, serial entrepreneur, but was well known for his music and his uh clothing line. But um, all in all, man, a jack of all trades, man. Truly, truly gifted individual, self made individual, straight out of South Central Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Yep, <laughs> but uh, the message goes long winded running through this life like it was mine never settling, but setting every goal high. One thousand birds on the path of my own self-destruction or success. But what's a mistake without the lesson? You see, the best teacher in life is your own experience. And none of us know who we are until we fail. They say every person is defined by their reaction to any given situation. So who would you want to define you? Someone else or yourself? Whatever you choose to do, homie, give your heart to it. Stay
1: strong. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I lived in Los Angeles for a while, so I understand um, his
0: impact for sure. Me. (laughs) RP Nip, man. RP Nip.
1: Yeah. So I do have one last question that I ask before we officially end. And that is if your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world?
0: Yeah, pose a question. Everybody that's driving past and that gets to lay eyes on it. And that question will be with where you are right now, currently on your journey, and with everything you got going on, are you chasing a dream or are you fulfilling your purpose? Yeah.
1: It's a good and question.
0: Go. And just let y'all sit there and ponder on that. I don't need no <laughs> answer. That's only for you to reflect on. You know what I'm saying? You know Yeah. the show.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this interview. I appreciate you for having me
0: for (laughs) sure, Blessings.
1: Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or Unconditioning Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay tuned
0: in to you.